Be sure to tune in to Tamina Talks Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much more. On her radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration law or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out Tamina Talks Immigration Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m. on Tamina Talks Immigration. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Tuesday, August 15th, 10 o'clock in the morning, Pacific Standard Time. If you've joined us on the radio at 12.50 a.m., thank you so much for joining us. If you have friends or family who want to join in, make sure that they know we're live on air at 12.50 a.m. on the radio in Seattle, Washington. But if you are not here... (coughs) You can tune in on a live stream by live streaming www.desi1250am.com. And of course, if you want to see us, we are actually live on Facebook mm-hmm. at Tamina Talks Immigration Radio Show on the Facebook page with my very dear friend, Manka Jingra, who's here to talk a lot more about immigration and what's happening in Washington state. But before I introduce you to her properly, I want to talk about a few other things. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at contact at desi1250am.com. You can also call us at the studio at 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. And a reminder that if you haven't liked our Facebook page, Tamina Talks Immigration Radio Show, please do like it. We have 10,000 plus likes already, and we would love for you to continue to like it and interact with us. You can find all our previous shows um, on the Facebook page. You can obviously tune in and watch us live when we do these shows uh, on Facebook page um, live video feed. But also, you can ask questions and comments and see what's going on in the immigration world through the Facebook page as well. Um, if you have questions or comments, the number again at the studio is 844-301-1250 and news updates. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about immigration on the news front today because we had a terrible weekend in this country and um, solidarity to all. Let's hope we all stand up to violence, racism and uh, white supremacists. If you want to talk about this particular issue alone, we can have a show dedicated to it. Let us know. Communicate to, uh, through the Facebook page and send us uh, messages. But um, Charlottesville is just... Uh, Uh, the beginning of what we might be seeing in the country and this show today particularly is very important um, for one of one of those reasons uh, as well so if you've just tuned in this is Tamina Talks Immigration on the SE 1250 AM and I don't want to waste any more time I want to introduce you to Manka Dingra our wonderful guest here today Manka Dingra is running for state senate to address critical needs in education, funding, mental health, violence prevention, and to protect the rights of women. She is a senior deputy prosecuting attorney and chair of the Therapeutic Alternative Unit of the King County Prosecuting Attorney's Office, award-winning PTSA mom, anti-domestic violence advocate, and community leader. Manka has worked with State Department of Social and Human Services, the Washington Association of Prosecuting Attorneys, legislators, and the governor's office to reform and improve our criminal justice system and to ensure individuals get the treatment they need and deserve. 
A mental health and crisis intervention expert, Manka provides training to law enforcement and recently started a collaborative effort with King County law enforcement agencies to coordinate responses and help avoid tragedy. She also works directly with Harborview Hospital, mental health professionals and our courts to improve criminal justice outcomes for individuals me with mental illness seeking to close the revolving door of jail, homelessness and crime. You can learn more about her at www.electmanka.com. Manka, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Tamina. It really is wonderful for me to be here. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I have seen you in action for many, many years, and it's so inspiring that you're running for one of the most important seats in Washington state. So, you know, um, I'm not going to waste any time. We have so much to talk about. You have a very impressive career working on so many important issues such as mental health, domestic violence, and much more that we just spoke about. You have made some profound impacts on the Desi community in Seattle. For example, you're the co-founder of Chaya, now API Char, and our listeners actually know about Chaya, talk about it so much. You fought about women and, um, women and immigrant rights, and you've already helped the community so deeply. So why, run, why are you running for office? Well, that is an excellent question and one that I get asked the most. You know, um, as you mentioned, I've been involved in our community for decades, but I have never, ever sought uh, to run for office. The election last November was definitely a wake-up call for me. It wasn't the result that I was expecting. It wasn't the result that a lot of us were expecting. And after a, a few weeks, I really thought long and hard about um, what had just happened. And what I had been doing for the last two decades right here in Washington and what I wanted to do for the future so in December for the very first time I actually went to our local Democratic Party meeting and it was a really interesting experience because I walk in and it is this small room at the Redmond Community Center but it is packed and clearly the organizers weren't expecting so many people to show up. So they were scrambling around trying to find chairs and figure out where people uh, should sit. And it was standing room only. And I look around and 75% of the people there were women. And most of us were there for the first time. So I knew I wanted to get involved. I also knew that I wanted to do something where I could have a statewide impact. Because as you mentioned, I have been having a statewide impact in on mental health issues, criminal justice issues, and I wanted to continue that. At that point in time, I still wasn't sure what that would look like. And then a couple of things happened that really cemented it for me and my family. And that was our local mosque maps had a safety forum. Now, as a prosecutor, I got involved in working on hate crimes after 9-11. I'm a Sikh. My family's sake, uh, we had the Sikh cab driver who was assaulted in Seattle after 9-11. And so as part of the Seattle Police Department Muslim Arab Sikh um, League. And through there, that's the kind of stuff I was doing. And so when MAPS had their safety forum, I was there. We had six of our Eastside police chiefs there. And it was really eye-opening for me to be in that room and hear how scared people were. There were people talking about how they didn't know what would happen to them next year. They didn't know if they should buy a car or a house because they didn't know if they were welcome in this country anymore. And it was really heartbreaking because I don't remember ever growing up feeling that way. And two days after that, we had the Indian Association of Western Washington, which had a hate crime seminar. 
And it was the same thing. I was there. I had another prosecutor from my office there. We had Bellevue Police Department there. And it was, again, a room full of Indians saying the same thing. Would you say this was before or after the inauguration? It was before the inauguration. This Mm -hmm. was end December, beginning January. And it was really that weekend where my husband and I spoke and we decided that I was going to run because it is so crucial for our democracy to represent each and every one of us. And given what I have been doing in our community for over 20 years, education, mental health, criminal justice, those literally are the issues that a state is grappling Mm -hmm. with. And so this, in essence, is me stepping up and taking responsibility for what's going on in our state and in our country. Well, you know, I want to give a high five for that because (laughs) I know it's not an easy decision to make. And especially when you do have little children and you have so many things that are pulling you uh, in different directions that to focus your energy in helping the community is a commendable action you've taken and you are we know you're going to be helping the community even more because that's what you've done. So w- one of the things that our Desi community li- listeners may or may not know, that the, your election is particularly one of the hottest elections in the country, but our community may not know why. Why, why is it one of the most watched elections in the country? It, it is the most watched election in the country. Clearly, that is not what I anticipated when I got into this. But it is the hottest race for multitude of reasons. And it goes back from why it's important locally, why is it important statewide, and then why it's important nationally. So I'm gonna start at the local level. What has been frustrating me, and I think a lot of people in our community, is the absolute gridlock in Olympia. Just take a look at the way the budget was passed this year. It was done under threat of government shutdown. It was done in the middle of the night, where we really had, the public had no opportunity to comment or vet what was going on. You know, that is not governing. The fact that our Supreme Court had to tell our legislators that they're not fully funding education is a travesty. And so at a local level, this is important because we need elected officials who are interested in solving problems, elected officials who want to help the community, elected officials who represent people and not the political parties. And so that's why it's important at a local level. At a statewide level, this one seat literally changes the way we govern in the state of Washington. Because right now, our Senate is divided um, Republican and Democrat, and the Republicans control the Senate by one seat. And so if, uh, when I win this, we actually flip our Senate. So the Senate becomes Democratic control. And when that happens, we can actually pass legislation. This gridlock will end. And so statewide, we will actually be able to govern. So that's why it's important statewide. And nationally, it's very important because by switching this seat, we turn our state blue. And it is visually important because California is all blue, Oregon is all blue, and we can join both the other West Coast city uh, states in turning Washington blue, hence being a wall of blue, to really make sure we're standing up against the Trump agenda and making sure it's clear to everybody that we will stand up for people because we are a land of immigrants. Everyone belongs, mm-hmm. and we need to have a voice in that. Well, taking that note, um, given the current climate of this country, and especially with the backdrop of what happened in Charlottesville over the weekend, having our voices heard is just so incredibly important at the moment, especially for our minority community, our Desi community, uh, and all ethnic voices in general. Now, Washington State has been trying to pass a Voting Rights Act for years now. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it is so crucial, um, you know, as I mentioned before, that our democracy represent each and every one of us. 
you know, growing up in California, um, even now today, you know, Indians, we're the, the Desis are the model minorities, right? Mm-hmm. We work hard, we do well, but we keep to ourselves. We are the richest immigrant group in the country. But when you look at what kind of political voice we have, we don't have any. And that has to change. And one of the ways of doing that is by passing the Voting Rights Act. But um, I'll give you an interesting statistic. Mm-hmm. When I got into this race, I was curious on how many South Asian women are elected to office. And nationally, they're under 10. But this year, in the state of Washington, there were seven South Asian women on the ballot. Mm-hmm. That is unheard of. Mm-hmm. And this is what it means for us to take responsibility for this country and take responsibility for ourselves. We have to stand up, we have to be counted. Now, it doesn't mean everyone has to run for office. <laughs> it mon- means that those who can and want to should, but it also means that we have a responsibility to support those mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that is what I've been really touched by, is the level of support I have gotten from everyone in the community. Definitely the South Asian community that has stepped up, the domestic violence community, the mental health community, the PTSA parents, the teachers, the tech community, because my husband's in tech, um, the defense attorneys, the prosecutors, and it's that level of support that makes the difference. It's this level of support that really tells people that what happened in Charlottesville is not acceptable, that we are about being inclusive, and that we truly do believe that diversity makes us stronger. Do you know, I mean, what's interesting is that you are an exceptional candidate too. Because the your your hands uh, are everywhere, you know. I wrote to this listserv saying, "Hey, we have to support Manka," <laughs> and I just didn't know you were a founder of that listserv. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, you you have you spread a web of um, love, care, and competence everywhere that people know that you will actually make a difference. So I hope um, the support will continue and you actually get to where you need to go. Um, If you just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here with Washington State Senate candidate, Manka Dingra, who is a King County prosecutor and a community leader. My next question is actually immigration related. Um, And, you know, I could ask you so many immigration questions, but we don't have a lot of time. So when you do get elected, I would love for you to come back so we can talk about immigration only for an entire show. Um, Various cities in Washington, as well as other states in the country, have created or are in the process of creating legal defense funds to help immigrants fight removal and other problems brought on by the new administration. Do you have any thoughts on this? And what can Washington State do to protect immigrants and their families? And bear in mind, our listeners, viewers are all immigrant background people who are carefully watching what is happening at the federal level as well as the state level. Absolutely. And as I mentioned, you know, this is one of the reasons that really compelled me to get involved. And, um, you know, immigration tends to be something that's controlled at the federal level. So there are small things that we can do at the state level. I think definitely starts off by making sure that our law enforcement are not asking about immigration status. This is something that is crucial as a prosecutor, as a law enforcement officer, because that's about safety for the community. So we have to make sure that everyone feels comfortable reaching out to law enforcement, making sure that they ask for help when needed, or that they can be witnesses to things that have happened. 
that this is what helps us protect our community. So at the most basic level, we have to ensure that no law enforcement officer in the city, in the county, is asking for immigration status. And this is something the vast majority of our law enforcement officers do not do. So it is safe for uh, immigrants, for people of color, to call 911 or to report what they have witnessed to law enforcement. And I think that it goes up from there. And one of them is making sure that there is a legal defense fund to help immigrants. Yay, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, yes, we really do need something like that. Um, I want to go back to law enforcement and police not actually cooperating. What if the federal government ties your hands like they're trying to do already in California and others? They have named some states and sorry, cities that are quote unquote sanctuary welcoming cities saying if you do not cooperate with the police, we are going to withhold federal funds. If that situation does happen, what what are the options then? So the sanctuary, the term sanctuary city is uh, very ambiguous. No one really knows what that means. It, um, but one of the things that specific thing you're talking about is withholding of federal funds to law enforcement if they don't work with the federal government. And you know, a lot of cities in King County, uh, in the state of Washington, have already said that they're not going to, because this is a public safety issue. And best practices shows that the job of law enforcement is to protect the community, is to serve each and every member of that community. And if we are going to be honest about their job, we have to make sure that they're not asking immigrant status. That is not something they need in order to do their job. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do with keeping the community safe. And this is why you need elected officials who understand that and are willing to stand up to that. N you know, never, it has, it's so important these days for everyone to stand up for what's right. And that is what last year taught us, that if you don't stand up and be counted, you're going to basically be rolled over. Mm -hmm. and, um, and this is, again, why it's cr the seat is so crucial, because it helps flip our Senate, it helps flip our state to make sure we are in a position to be standing up for the rights of each and every individual in our state. You know, it's interesting, Sheriff Urquhart, uh, King County Sheriff, was actually here talking about the same thing and essentially saying, you know, we, we cannot do our jobs if we are going to uh, be forced to take, out, take on the immigration duties, which is complex by itself. Um, there are statistics that um, victims of domestic violence are not calling anymore you know there so there are a lot of problems so thank you so much for saying that you will stand up because your standing up is going to actually be crucial when the time comes um, I'm going to move on to talk a couple of a couple of things more because we don't have too much time left so what are some of the things that you wish to change when you actually go into office you know and I said when you go into office <laughs> thank you <Tamina. laughs> I, I'm like oh, I'm so rooting for you <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that, and you know, that's exactly what I'm talking about, the level of community support that I've received mm -hmm. from, you know, so many people. You know, what's really, you know, the simple thing is we need to make sure we're fully funding education. As most immigrants know, that a lot of us move to this country for the education and for the opportunity. A public education system is the foundation of our democracy. It really is what gives each and every child the opportunity to succeed. And we have to do that, especially in today's environment where we have so much disparity. 
we have to make sure that we are building and growing a thriving, prosperous middle class. Because when you look at history, when you look around the world, the most stable governments have a prosperous middle class, and we're losing that. It is becoming harder and harder for people to come into the middle class, and once that's very hard for them to stay in the middle class. And so in order to do that, you have to invest in education. You have to invest in infrastructure, and you have to make sure that you're being as inclusive as possible. So education, infrastructure, inclusion, I'm a top three priorities, because that is how you make sure you have a robust middle class. And this means investing in families, it means investing in small businesses, and it means investing in our children. You know, um, a, lo a lot of our listeners would be thinking, what does infrastructure mean? What do you mean by that? And you know, that takes on a lot of different um, roles depending on what we're talking about. Obviously, infrastructure also means, you know, our roads and our freeways to get people in and out. Now, the east side, we're very, very fortunate that we are a very desirable place to live. And with that comes the issues of transportation. People want options. People want um, public transportation, making sure we have that there. But infrastructure also in the terms of taking a look at what's coming down the pike in 20 years. We need to have children who graduate school with a plan for success who are going to be leaders in our community. We know that there are advances we can make in clean energy, green technology. So let's create that education framework, that infrastructure, so that we in the state of Washington can truly be leaders for the world and nationally. And so infrastructure in lots of different capacities. Fantastic. You know, um, time for one more question. Um, so the Desi 1250 community is watching this election very closely. Uh, what are your parting words for them? What can we do for us, our community ourselves, for you to get there so you can help us? What should every single person be doing? You know, um, thank you. That's actually a wonderful question. And I do want to thank every single person who has stepped up and supported me thus far. And because this is the hottest race in the country, it's also the most expensive race um, in the state. But what people can really do is call every single person they know who lives in the 45th district. That's Duval, Sammamish, Redmond, Kirkland, Woodenville, and talk to them about the race. So and Duval, Kirkland, Redmond, where else? Sammamish. Sammamish. And Woodenville. Woodenville. See, th these are the five areas uh, that falls into the 45th district. That's right. And parts of Kirkland Can and we Redmond. say this one more time? Duval, Kirkland, Redmond, Sammamish. Woodenville. So if you have friends, family who that live in Duval, Kirkland, Redmond, Sammamish, Woodenville, please talk to each other. Make sure that you vote for Manka Dingra, uh, 45th District for Washington State Senate. That yeah. would be great. What else can they do? And um, the one <laughs> thing that I will say is we have to change the culture of our elected officials. And so I'm going to leave you with something that actually my son and I were talking about. Um, we were talking about civilizations and what it means to govern and he told me something that his teacher had told him and that is that the mark of a great civilization is when an old man plants a sapling knowing full well that he will never get to sit under the shade of that tree that is what governance looks like and that is something we are not doing and that is what we need to do so let's help elect people who have a long-term vision 
who want to serve their community and who want to represent people and not the political parties. Can you repeat that phrase? I think that's so profound because, you know, I don't think I've heard that, but I totally understand it and I totally believe in that. So it's the old man who would be planting a sapling without actually, with knowing that he will never sit under the shade of it. You'll have to write that down and do a little quote for me. Absolutely. And we'll put it onto onto our blog post because I think that's profound. Um, people don't understand that life is not about just hit the here and now. That's like right. climate change, people don't see it, but 20 years later, what's going to happen to our children? Exactly. You know? We should all um, be worried about that. So one last question. Um, very, very quickly, if you do not live in Duval, Kirkland, Redmond, Sammamish, Woodenville, what else can they do to help you? Well, they certainly... 32, 10 seconds. They certainly know people who do, so call them. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This is Manga Dingra, who's running for Washington State Senate, a race for a senator of Washington State. I hope she gets elected and comes back here to talk about immigration only. <laughs> um, so uh, please, please make sure that you check your ballots, know who you're voting for, make sure you call your friends and family and tell them this is the person that they need to vote for, for our current state of um, uh, situation as well as the future. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Tamina talks immigration on Desi 1250 AM. Bye-bye.